Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. Welcome to Cashflow Guys Podcast. You should know who this is, and I hope you know where you are. This is Tyler Chef, and I am the co-host of the Cashflow Guys Podcast. And wheels down, microphone. We have Mike on the microphone this week. Welcome back, brother. What have you been doing? That's right. You might not know who this is because I've been busy. <laughs> this is Mike uh, Marino. I am back. I got Matt and then working again. And geez, you know, oh, I kept texting her, telling her, don't do it. Don't do it. It's a trap. She didn't listen to me. She married him anyway, guys. <laughs> that's why she wore a vintage dress with no pockets. She didn't have her phone on her. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you probably had the service turned off just so people couldn't warn her. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a fun day. I, this is the first time I've been married, of course, first time I've been married. So having friends and family all in one special place, it's it's pretty awesome. It is. It's it's like uh it's even better than Christmas, I think. It is, absolutely absolutely. You get presents and people give you cash. Yes, and true. you're Italian, so was there like a big meal? No. We didn't invite the Italian half, dude. Uh, <laughs> Now you can't complain about the cost of the wedding if you didn't invite the Italians. They bring their own food. That's <laughs> true. That's... It could have saved you a fortune. I know how much it costs to, to feed that many people. Yeah, it gets expensive fast. Plus, Janelle's upset that I don't have any secret family recipes. So I'm like, sorry. Yeah, well, but... I mean, she's had plenty of time to figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So what are you up to this? What, what are we going to talk about this week? Yeah. There's a lot of things going on. There I'm is. Sure people who've been listening to this podcast listen to other podcasts youtubes hopefully not just uh fox or cnn but you get other sources of uh, of news which is fantastic nowadays right. when you think about it how many venues of news sources we can get and there's a lot of a lot of concerns i know on my end like when i'm flying from my airline we're getting some very weird communication from our our company now, everything was like peaches and cream for the past what Three years since COVID, everything's going up and up and up. Right. And now they're mentioning hints that uh, it might not go up anymore. Hiring, they're talking about stopping hiring whenever there was this hiring craze. Right. And, uh, of course, now we've got a, another war that we're witnessing and a lot of uncertainty. And, Tyler, you know, you have a sp special view on the real estate market because you're still an active realtor yourself. I am. And whether whether actively selling, you are very in tune with the market, especially down in Florida. I am. It, and it's, I haven't really, I've never experienced anything like this before, Mike. I'll be honest with you. Now, okay. with that, that said, I invested through the last crash. I started in real estate literally, what is this, 2023? 23 years ago, I got my license in 2020 or, or year 2000 is when I got my real estate license. Uh, so 23 years, I've seen market cycles, invested through them, um, made money, lost some money, invested in several different types of assets, notes, all that good stuff. I, I, I have some explanations for what's going on, but I can say that I've never seen like this before. What do you mean that we, what haven't you seen before? Exactly. Well, we, for whatever reason, and, I, and this is one thing I can't understand, we have an overwhelming demand down here in Florida to this day. Still, uh, people are moving here. The reason why we have demand is that people continue to migrate to Florida. You know, you experience this out in Colorado. Like when I was out there in Colorado with you this summer, 
you, Colorado just experienced a ma- big migration. There is a mass movement of people moving across the country. For example, folks from California moved to Texas. And this, I'm not saying this to be political, guys, and this is just how it is. But we all make fun of California. Lots of listeners to this podcast are from California. We love you all. We don't care. Mike and I are agnostic when it comes to politics. We don't care. We don't talk about it on the show. So at the end of the day, uh, a lot of people move from California because they weren't happy with what things were going on in California, both financially and politically and whatnot. So they migrate to Texas and Boise, Idaho. I don't know how they picked Boise, Idaho, Mike, but um, they get to Texas and Texas is like, oh, hell no. Texas packs up its toys and moves to Colorado. Now Mike has to deal with Texas, right? And Coloradans are moving to Nebraska. Exactly. That's By the true. way, do you have any, any cowboy hat shops in Salida yet? Dude, <laughs> touchy subject. It, it'll, be around, it'll be around the corner. I'm telling you, if you just, you need to get a, you need to get an option on one of those commercial buildings. They'll be selling boots and, and chaps in no time. <laughs> that's a good idea. Yeah. So that's what we're seeing. Now people, believe it or not, we have a lot of people migrating to Florida from Colorado. So it's like these groups of people keep getting pushed from different parts. People are moving out of the cities. The people, the, the cities that are having a lot of immigration problems. New York City, a couple months ago, was talking about their sanctuary city. Key West is talking about how it's a sanctuary city. And now they're talking about slamming the gates shut and saying, no, no, we don't want you here. You can't come here. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So this is the problem that we're seeing right now that's going on in this country. People are, that's driving demand down here in Florida. But here's the second layer problem. People are buying homes and they're getting interest rates, six, seven. I'm now I'm hearing eight and 9% interest nine. on a 30-year mortgage. Wow. I, saw, I thought six was bad. That's right. The amount of sales that are happening right now in the real estate market down here in Florida, it's screeching to a halt. Uh, I've got listings right now that I have, I'm having a tough time getting rid of. And uh, usually I'm the guy that peels it off the ceiling. I mean, I got you, what, a couple hundred thousand dollars over what your house is worth. It's not hard to do when the market's hot, when there's, and it was a demand-driven economy. The problem we have now is we still have the demand, but we're in, the people that are in that demand the property can't afford to buy anything. So what are they doing? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Well, I think what they're doing right at this point is they're renting for the short term. That's the only thing I can see, because if you look at, I look at data points, right? I don't just guess at this stuff, guys. I actually look at things like go on U-Haul's website. North American van lines, scroll down to the bottom. They have a reporting section. I spend a lot of time on Redfin's website. I'm a data junkie. I just love to look at data. I like to know where the data's come from. And a lot of data out there, guys, is garbage. I use technology to find resources for data, to learn where are people migrating from? What's making them migrate here? If they're here, why aren't they buying? Why are they renting? I can tell you right now, Mike, all my vacation rentals are currently occupied by people moving to Florida they haven't been able to find a place that's affordable to them. So are they staying for months and months? Months and months. So they, they, which is fine by me because I just came out of complete vacancy. Now I'm full again. So I'm tickled pink. Don't get me wrong. I'm, that's not a complaint. <laughs> um, but what's what I think what's what we're boiling down to here is America's going broke. Not just the country, the individuals. Yeah. And you mentioned America's going broke. So you live in, Key West, mm-hmm. almost 100% tourist economy. Pretty much, yeah. That's so it. So you're seeing people when they're on vacation, are they still splurging? Are they holding back because they're going broke? Or? They're still splurging. 
And I told you guys last week on the podcast, I started I started checking off my bucket list things. Don't worry, guys. I don't plan on dying. I don't have cancer or anything like that. But I've started, I've gotten to the point in my life. I'm coming up on my 53rd birthday uh, next week in 11 days. Oh, actually in nine days, my 53rd birthday. Kids are out of the house. Jill and I have achieved all the goals that we set out for ourselves. Maybe our goals weren't high enough. Um, I've done all, most of the things that I've always wanted to do. One of the things I've always wanted to do is I just, it's I'll call me crazy. But I've always wanted to be a tour guide here in Key West. Uh, I decided to do it. Talked about it last week. I'm just loving it. So I've spent some time a couple of days a week driving around the island on that little conch train. I've been to Key West. There you go. I'm having a blast. I had a weird moment last week. And I'll digress for a second. When somebody listens to the podcast, I bumped into him on the trolley last week. That was cool. So I gave him a nice shout out. But uh, anyway, I'm doing what I want to do. Now, the difference is, is that I put myself in a position to where I have other streams of income, but the majority of America doesn't have that. The problem we're seeing, and I know you saw the video from Joe Brown recently, where the, we're, we're at a credit crisis. Credit card spending is off the chain, higher than it's ever been in history, and they're still giving out credit. So they're basically, the, the banking system and the credit industry is completely bankrupting the company of the country. They're acting like they're the federal government and they have the ability to print money. And that's because, Mike, they actually do have the ability to print money. They could issue out these credit cards and it's just like a loan. I mean, the credit card debt, they take it on, they originate it and they sell it on the, on the open market on Wall Street. We're in the country, the country's in trouble, but there's ways out of this. Now, one of the things that I would like to do, Mike, with the podcast moving forward is to bring more. I love your talk with that gentleman last the last couple of weeks ago when I lost my internet. We, you mentioned the word side hustle. Uh, and we're getting to the point to where that's important. Like, Mike, you're an airline pilot. That's what you normally do. That's your regular gig. I'm a real estate agent. But we also have a real estate fund. We raise money and we find houses, especially now. Guys, we're getting into the point where it becomes a buyer's market. It's getting to exciting times. I smell blood. I smell it everywhere. I just took a listing in Key West, $1.3 million. At $1.4 million, it's, I've got my work cut out for me because even the affluent are strapped. But here's what we know to be true. And that's what I, this is why I love what we do, Mike, with the fund, is that the product that we're developing, it doesn't matter what's going on with the economy. It's essentially recession proof. We're buying single family homes and converting them to assisted living facilities. We're doing that as a cash-based business. So we're not heavily saddled in debt. We're not, we're not doing hard money deals and all this crazy speculative stuff that a lot of people have done, including myself, for many, many years. When we've started this fund, one of the things that you and I always get along with really well on is that we're very conservative when it comes to fiscally, right? Very, very conservative. We didn't want to put ourselves in a position where we were heavily saddled with debt because we knew the gig was up. You remember when we were first starting the fund, Mike, and we were looking at loan options. And right then, one of the banks came back and said that they they offered us one thing and then changed their tune in the 11th hour. Took us from a fixed rate loan, when we we're going to use a mortgage to buy this $2.7 million property, to an adjustable rate mortgage. Well, fortunately, we had the this, this sense to back out of that deal. Could you imagine if we had done that deal right now? The rate would have gone up and up and up and... Yeah. Yeah. We would have hit the cap. A lot of funds right now. 
Yeah, we would have been at about nine and a half percent. We were starting it. We were going to do that loan at 4.25%. Right. We would have hit the cap at 9% on almost $3 million. Mm. We would have been, had a lot, we would have had a lot of explaining to do, Lucy, right? We'd be in trouble. Um, you'd have to be tra- trying to figure out how to fly around the clock. <laughs> <laughs> but fortunately, we're in a position now where, yes, the market is what it is. But here's the thing. There's still, there are still people buying out there. Um, for you guys investing in real estate, I'm going to say, be careful. Don't speculate. Don't get saddled in debt. We're hitting an affordability crisis. We're seeing it everywhere. You're seeing it out there in Colorado, correct, Mike? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but like, I'd like to go back to what you were saying. People are coming down to Florida and they're renting. They are. So... Us listeners of this podcast, we want to be the landlords. That's right. So, so we're in a weird position, right? So well, the, do we? That's. I'm glad you brought that up. Mm. Do we want to be the landlords? Because let's look at Salida, Colorado. Can you buy a home cheaper than you can rent one in Salida, Colorado? No, absolutely not. Not even close. No. The only reason you bought is because you wanted housing security. You didn't want to have to worry where you're going to live next year. It's true. It's not an investment. Right. Sleep at night. I get it. Uh, same thing. I'm not there yet in Key West. And that's because I have a relationship with my landlord, a longstanding relationship. I've got a great deal. I got a great house in the, probably the best location around. But I have to do a lot of extra to maintain that relationship. He's an amazing guy. Uh, so for me, it doesn't make sense to buy right now, because if I was to buy a home in Key West, the average selling price is a million dollars. Well, I'm no mathematician, but the mortgage payment on, on a million dollars is a hell of a lot more than I'm paying in rent right now. I don't have that housing and security element that Mike did because of the relationship I've built with my landlord over the years. And we get along great and he doesn't want to change me and I don't want to change living here. And I maintain the home for him. I mean, it's great. Everybody wins. I also manage some of his other properties, but that's a limited thing. But there are still people that are buying homes to move into them. Even though it's costing them, they don't have the housing and security issue that that you did, Mike, but they're still buying homes because the common belief is that it makes sense to buy. And really, you can't say 100% either way. Like, I can't sit there and say you were crazy to buy. I agree with why you bought. I've been to Salida, Colorado. I've looked at your rent situation. It goes from very nice to, oh my God, in one street. Mm -hmm. And rent goes from, well, it starts at like 3,000. And error 2000 goes up from there. So there's a lot going on guys in the end. I mean, really what it comes down to is I think we're going to see some radical shifts in everything that's going on around us. Look at food prices. You've been to the grocery store lately. I went into uh, Winn-Dixie or Publix last week to go buy meat and they want $40 for a ribeye. Wow. I'm cooked. $40 $40 a pound, Mike. I expect it to be cooked and like peppered and yeah. Maybe a bottle of wine with it. I don't, yeah, that's I don't right. Know. Deep wine, but you know, whatever. But So that's what's going on. This inflation is off the chain. Real estate is slowing down. If you're flipping houses, all I'm going to say is be cautious. Be very cautious. What we're doing is very different because we're not relying on the flip because we're selling it as a business, right? So when we sell our asset, and this is thinking something that's important, guys. You're selling a baked-in business. The the business of assisted living, we're renting to assisted living operators. 
not to the folks that are moving in, but instead to the person that owns the ALF. They are renting the building from us. We're making it easy to buy. What have I been saying for however many episodes we have now, all these years? If you make something easy to buy, you can sell it for top dollar. These market fluctuations, these slowdowns, these houses going stale on the market, it's not only happening in Florida, it's happening everywhere around the country. We are becoming a renter nation. I hate this to sound like a monologue, but people need to hear this. We're becoming a renter nation. If you're just going to buy because you think it's the right thing to do, I implore you to think that through. If you've got housing insecurity, great. Then go ahead and buy. You don't have to worry about it. Frankly, if it wasn't for my current arrangement in Key West, I would be doing the exact same thing. I'd be buying a house here in Key West because I don't want to live in Key West. I do not want to leave here. And the only way I'd be able to stay here if I didn't have this current arrangement is if I went and bought something. Uh, thoughts on that, Mike? Yeah, Tyler, we uh, we talked a few days ago over the phone, just you and I, about mm-hmm. land. Right. Because I've been, uh, I've been trying to find land in Colorado to buy. There is land all around to buy. Uh, but you made a good point that land is is being bought and sold rapidly right now because of people prepping, people getting nervous. That's right. Trying to get extra land so they have a, you know, a bug out place if the bombs drop, which, uh, God, I don't blame them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you have a drop. You have a place, Mike. All you got to do is land at that little airport next to Cedar Key, and I will keep you safe. Oh, Cedar Key. Yeah, they won't bomb Cedar Key. Just the hurricane yeah. will take it. it. They don't even know Cedar Key's there. <laughs> it's true. So, I mean, can, can you talk more about what you've seen on the land side in regards to that? Well, on the land side, so I have a good friend that's a land flipper. He's been a land flipper for a couple of years. He does very, very well. He's a seven-figure land flipper all day long. This guy knows what he's doing. Probably one of the best in the business. He is still selling land like crazy. Wow. Here's the thing. He's selling land that's at an affordable price point. He's not selling $500,000 lots. He's selling like $20,000 lots. Good news is his profit margin is like 19000 on these lots. So he's, he's killing it. Because you're right. The people that are nervous, that are thinking, boy, I better grab onto something while as long as I can. He's reaching a broad audience. So guys, if you're, lot, if you're doing this big luxury stuff right now, I want to think twice about that. If you're going to keep flipping, think about what you can flip that appeals to the larger audience out there. Don't paint yourself into a corner. You know, the beauty of ALFs is there's such an overwhelming need for ALFs. There's such an incredible shortage that we, and we are so demand driven that we're not, we're insulated from a lot of this in the ALF space. But as far as if you're, if you're flipping houses, Maybe think about flipping houses that are affordable more to the populace, to your average day American. If you're out there flipping million dollar houses, you might get yourself in trouble. If interest rates continue to climb, what you're going to see is markets across the country grind to a halt. Everything's going to shut down. Things are going to stop. Motion appreciation is probably going to go flatline. Now, I'm not suggesting that there's going to be a market crash. Nobody can accurately predict a market crash. Maybe Rich Dad likes to pat himself on the back and thinks that he can, he, you know, I think it's going to crash. I think it's going to crash. And I'm not that guy. But what I'm saying is you need to be careful. There is a low hum going on in the marketplace right now. Buyers are scared. Sellers are scared. Let's talk about why are sellers scared. Well, number one, if they sell something, they're not quite sure they can, they would probably have to downsize to get something equal to what they have now. Mm-hmm. What if you sold your house in Slider right now, Mike? I bet you, you've probably already made about a hundred grand in profit off of that house. If I put it up in the market tomorrow, I could probably put a hundred grand in your pocket net. Yeah, Extra. but I, 
Janelle would flip out because we're like, oh, crap, we can't, we can't afford to live here anymore. Right. We because you, place. Yeah, yeah. You'd be priced out. And every American's going through this just because unless you're moving from California and you're selling a $2 million house to move into a $500,000 house in Florida, you're going to have a hard time migrating. Florida's prices have just gone up and up and up and up. And we're still below a lot of markets across the country, even Key West. So next year or two, we have an election coming up. We've got, we're on the brink of war a couple different times over. We have other countries in the brink of war. And it seems like we're screaming down a hill and we don't know where the brake pedal is. So, you know, I, I think that you need to be looking at more recession-proof type investments, things that stand the test of time. Maybe it's investing in service businesses, right? Service companies, because guess what? People always need electricians, plumbers, things like that. People always need a, a, a ADF or uh, residential assisted living. Think about the things that people are always going to need. They're going to stand the test of time. They're always going to be there. People don't necessarily need to upgrade their house when they're financial picture or they become unemployed. That's not on the top of their list. So maybe flipping houses, maybe uh, doing big apartment syndications is dangerous because we're at an affordability curve, right? The assisted living uh, business model is all is undervalued and has been for many, many years. The rates that are being collected now are far less than what they should be because it's been suppressed, right? Keep that in mind, which makes the marketplace in ALFs more stable, my opinion, more stable as a whole, because it's it, the, people are still making money if they can get the asset priced right. I hate to make this sound like a commercial for the fund, Mike, but it's an important point. The reason why we are perfectly positioned to absolutely crush it with the ALF business, number one, is that we have an amazing team, but that's not the best part. The best part is there's blood in the streets and people are scared. And when there's blood in the streets and people are scared, we can start picking up great deals. Yeah. Florida is going to go on sale when people get scared. We are masters at finding the people that are scared and buying these properties, hopefully before they even hit the market. That's the next phase of our operation. I'm pretty excited about that. Now, when you say it goes on sale, that doesn't necessarily mean we have to wait that it's going to hit the you know, 2010, 2012 prices necessarily. Oh, it'll never get close to that. That those That's never going to happen. I don't believe that'll ever happen. I don't, you know me, I don't speak in absolutes, but I will speak in an absolute in that. You will never see uh, 2006, 2007, 2008 prices again. The, this is one thing people don't understand about inflation. They say, oh, prices will come down. No, they won't. They're not going to come down. If you're paying $5 for a dozen eggs, guess what? Eggs are not going back to $2. They're just not. It's not possible. Where things are is the new normal. That's where it's going to be. If you got a house that's $500,000 right now, I assure you this, it's never going to be less than $500,000 unless it needs work to restore it to its current position. Because demand is still very high. Absolutely. I forgot. What did what'd you pay for your house? Four something? 415. Okay. 415. Good example. Your house was already turnkey. But let's say you move out of your house, something happens and it falls into disrepair. Is it still worth 415? The answer is yes, provided that it's in the same condition. So let's say it needs $50,000 to make it right. Maybe your roof caved in. 50 grand, this has been some flood damage, whatever, 50 grand. The minute you put 50 grand into that house, even if it appreciates at a little tiny amount, it's still, the value's still there, which means it still keeps everybody else from being able to buy your house because what's happened while you've been busy replacing the roof on your house is that interest rates have gone up another quarter or half a percent. 
which means the guy that could afford to pay $600,000 for your house no longer qualifies because his spending power was robbed from him because of these interest rate increases. Here's what I'm pretty sure is going to happen. They're going to keep raising rates because the Fed and the government are not the same, guys. The Fed is, is a separate business. It is not the government. They named it the Fed to make it sound cool, but it's not the government, right? These are appointed people that have nothing to do with government. They're going to continue to raise rates. They don't give a hoot what's going on in the real estate market or on Wall Street. They're intentionally trying to get people to stop spending. Well, people aren't going to stop spending because we're all fat and happy and they're giving away credit cards like they're going out of style. So they're going to continue to raise rates and make things more and more expensive. Every time they raise rates, the cost of everything goes up, all goods across the board. The cost of real estate goes up. Even if the $500,000 house is still priced at $500,000, the mortgage payment is going to go up because of the interest rate. Eventually, it's going to hit a cap. So what they're going to do is they're going to start lowering interest rates again to try to spawn spending because they're going to flatline, right? Everything they're doing today actually would take 18 months to kick in. When all this kicks in, then things are going to go flat. Nobody's going to buy anything. Well, what's going to happen, right? People are going to, are they going to buy their houses that still are they going to sell houses? We don't know. But what I do know will happen is when they artificially, when they start dropping rates again to get people to buy, the value of real estate is going to go which direction, Mike? It's not down. It's going to go up because they've made it easy to buy again. So the, the argument that the market will crash and your house will be less money is, is fake, in my opinion. It's fake news. Because as soon as interest rates come down, and I, I hope it's actually not for another year, when they open up the floodgates again, people are going to buy like crazy because they can. Because that's what we do. This is cyclical. It happens. It's happened time and time again. This is nothing new. A house in 1960, we have never gone back to 1960 prices, 1970 prices, 1980 prices. We haven't even gone back to 2010 prices. The prices continue to creep up. It's a hard pill to swallow because I it think is. everybody's looking for, oh, I can't wait until we can get a $100,000 house again. And then we can wait for the next uh, boom. But ev- nothing aligns to what exactly what happened in 2007, 2008. This is a completely different animal like you're talking about. Yes. We're becoming a renter nation. We so are. Uh, I guess it's important. Like we, we always say on ep- every episode, you want to buy for cash flow. Do your numbers yes. if it cash flows. To be honest, not many things cash flow right now. So that's why we're looking at assisted living facilities or other uh, venues where it's there's such a huge demand and almost no supply that it can 100%. only go up. That's right. That's right. And the reason why assisted living, to wrap it up, put a bow on it, the reason why assisted living won't go backwards because the the individual user cost of assisted living has been suppressed for many, many years. It's been held back waiting to explode. Now, will it explode? doesn't matter because we don't underwrite based on things exploding. That's what got apartment syndicators in trouble. You can't just keep raising rates and raising rates and raising rates and hoping people will pay for it. We underwrite at today rates. We're not baking in that the guest or that the person we're renting to is going to start paying more. But by that, I mean the business owner. We're going to lock in a five-year lease. When we buy a building, we're going to renovate it, lease it to an ALF operator, the business owner. Not the old person's going to move in. That's not who our avatar is. We're going to rent it to a tenant that's going to stay there for five years, and then they're going to run their ALF business. Provided that we vet them appropriately on the front end, our risk is diminished drastically. Uh, We're doing them as triple net leases, so we don't have a bunch of expenses rolling out the door. We're going to vet them. We have an ALF consultant that's vetting them to make sure they have a proven business plan that makes sense 
so they can ride out the five years because they're not going to have a storm. It's just not going to happen in the ALF space because the demand is too great. So with that, guys, we're going to have a webinar coming up soon. Uh, make sure you get over to cashflowguys.com. If you want to register for our next webinar, the best way to do that is to go to cashflowguys.com forward slash webinar. Whether you have money to invest or you just want to learn what we're doing, make sure you join us over there. Maybe you'll learn something new and you can tell a friend. We appreciate you doing that for us. And frankly, we love to see you guys come out to the webinars and ask good questions and all that. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to CashflowGuys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas. So you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.